have Future Wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg, Warren. I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a big Champions Day edition of the Two Units Potty. It has been an enormous week of racing thus far. We've just dusted off Derby Day, Cup Day. We've just bloody torn ourselves away from the screens of the Oaks, but. Saltz and I are here, and, and we're ready for our favourite day of the year, mate, Champions Day. Great car to racing. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm fantastic, mate. And it's three-quarter time, and, and we might be a bit down, but I'll tell you what, when it comes to sport, I'm used to my teams being down at three-quarter time and just being complete and utter last-quarter specialist. So looking forward to a big last quarter on Champions Day this Saturday. And we say that Champions Day, or Stakes Day, as it was previously known, is our favourite day, but it has been my favourite day since as long as I've gone to the races. I've always enjoyed the last day of the carnival. It's changed a bit now because it's so much stronger, but it was it was often the quieter of, you know, the bigger three days. Oaks aside, you could go, there'd only be 45, 50,000. The racing's still good. Group one racing, internationals going around in the McKinnon as well. And we've got more of that this year, mate. I can't wait. Yeah, it's so true. We were going when it was family day, Salts, you and I. Yeah, exactly. We're we'll, taking the picnic we'll, rugs, brother. <laughs> we're putting a sword to it as well. <laughs> yeah, we're really disrespecting it. Oh, no, no. And now they've bloody gone and made it good. Um, <laughs> hey, what have you made of the week so far? What did you make of uh, what did you make of Cup Day? Obviously, without a fight, the highlight. Yeah, I thought Cup Day was outstanding. I loved the what they did with the track. As well, the fact that, you know, every horse got around as as much as we don't want to admit it up until a few years ago, Cup Day, the Melbourne Cup itself was poor for racing because we were having the deaths and the injuries and, and we, were getting, we were getting that negative press that, that the sport doesn't really deserve. And I feel like you just saw the photo, Ben Ascari posted a photo of right at the start of the Melbourne Cup, there was literally not one seat empty in the whole house, the hill stand the, the new grandstand, everything was packed. I feel like racing on Tuesday's cliche, as it was, was the big winner. And then you had, of course, Mark Zara going back to back. He would have been very nervous with his choice and he clearly chose the right horse as well. I just thought it was a brilliant Melbourne Cup. Another international bites the dust. I might have to learn a lesson going forward. I think that's 12 favourites now recently that... Um, haven't measured up, but you know, I thought the Melbourne Cup in itself as, as a spectacle. It's our favourite race, but it delivered, mm. um, and racing is still well and truly alive. Oh, it delivered in spades, and I was on course as well, Salts, and, and what you're saying about the, the Benny Asgari photo, we went out to level two uh, 40 minutes before the race, and it was standing room only, thanks, thanks very much. So yeah. we were standing room level two, just, yeah, brilliant day of racing. Uh, even though I went nude, but happy days. We'll uh, find some winners today for Champions Day. And uh, But before we do that, we, we still got a few things to tick off. This fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut combo. I eat three every day to help keep me strong. I saw how happy it made you last week to see the the sub <laughs> the sub a dub dub was back and well, the smile on his today. dial yeah. is still there. <laughs> no, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> four flow man. meter. It's Jeez, the long, the this sand, is man. the longest between runs flow meters ever had. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, great performances week gone by. What do you got for us? 
Well, we've got to bring two people to the supper. You've got to bring Glenn Maxwell. Now, he mm. might have been dropped twice and he might have got an LBW where DRS had about 37 whiskeys because if that was against <laughs> Australia, that's hitting halfway up middle stump. But it somehow went over and then he goes and makes 201 not out. And he's hitting, he's standing and deliver hitting. His bat speed and, and the use of his wrists, it was some of the most prolific ball hitting in the history of the sport. So I want to bring him to the supper as well. Mm. Good Belgrave boy, Daniel Rangers boy as well. But we've got to bring Majib to the supper as well because I tell you what, the uh, the leggy for Afghanistan, he's dropped him at short fine leg when Australia were like seven for, you know, 110. <laughs> he, was, he was on 20-odd. One of the biggest sitters of all time and then he's just had to watch the ball sail into the stands over and over and over and over again. And um, I'm not sure he's getting a hero's welcome back in <laughs> Afghanistan and, and that's not a welcome you want. So he's got to come to the supper. Yeah, no, good, good call. Um, <laughs> politically, very well put. Um, Majib will we'll get the arm around him. Um, she's, I tell you what, mate, I, I've, I'm looking at the run sheet now and there's been some outstanding tweeting throughout the week and and you've got a, a an interesting, I'm not sure where you're going with this supper invite, so I'm, I'm keen to hear, but it, it is Twitter related, no doubt. Oh, I just we just got to put the arm around Jack Fitzpatrick because he's had a meltdown on Twitter. He's just gone hard on the magic man, Joe Moreri. He's given it a bit of sort of go back to where you came from sort of stuff. And then the next day, um, his Twitter had been suspended. So he, he may or may not have been regretful, but it was some of the most extreme, aggressive pocket talk um, I've ever heard. And if there's something that I don't mind, it's talking out of the pocket, at least privately. Um, love a bit of private pocket. <laughs> if any of it went public, I'd um, probably look for a different line of work. So Jay Fitz, he can come to the supper um, because he's completely lost his mind. I did catch <laughs> a glimpse of a screenshot of, of the tweet and I can't say I'm in agreement with any of the comments. It was, <laughs> nah. it was absolutely explosive mm. uh, stuff and... Yeah, d- delete delete Twitter worthy. That's for sure. Yeah, um, mate. There's a there's a p- bit of footage from the Melbourne Cup that's that's gone viral, and I can never hear the I can never hear the track Walk of Life the same again. It could be um, one of the least upright men in the history <laughs> of the game, um, trying to find his way home from Cup Day now. I might have tweeted that, retweeted that video today and put the caption Gregor Limo attached to it. But I need to let you in on something that's quite humorous here, Salts. And the person in the video I'm actually friends with and have a relationship with. not? No, I know who it is. Is this good or bad for your brand? (laughs) Well, he was a work colleague of mine at one stage in a line of work that I still may participate in. Whistle outside of outside of racing, and I saw it and I was like, "This has to be this guy." And he has no social media presence at all. Okay. So he'd yeah. be he so would, like, for Tim. It's like it never happened. He would have no idea. But when he has a session on the beers, he like that is in line yeah, with like, how he goes like he about it. Yeah. But this could be one of the most pitiful excuses I've ever seen in my life. When reached out to it, so I sent the link. This you <laughs> reply. <laughs> Ha ha, seriously, my back seized up yesterday. <laughs> I can hardly walk. There were certainly no cameras like that around 10 years ago. <laughs> so nice. I'm putting my arm around him and I'm bringing him to the supper to say, you've had a tough day. Like I went nude as well, mate. I know mm. it's a tough day on the punt. 
but you've also packing ags. Don't give me the back seized up stuff. And if you can't um, sort of visualize what tweet Footy's talking about, he retweeted it in regards to Greg Alemo today. And he said to me before, have you seen my Greg Alemo tweet? I said, yeah, mate, I gave it some likes. And he said, oh, I must have just missed it in, in amongst its how viral and trending it is. <laughs> That's a but true the guy story. was standing there, you know how Mr. Bean, he puts his hand on his hip and then he mm. looks at his watch and he's all wobbly? That's what he looked like. <laughs> yeah. He's real yeah. wobbly. All right. Like so, a waiting um, gift. Sean Mathrick's a great, colourful character. He's oh, fantastic yeah. for a pre-race interview. And we saw on Derby Day after Jamie Carr, who is back riding winners, which is fantastic to see, rode calls for concern home in the last. And it was some, it was one that was a shot at Hutchie, who did the form factors for the meeting. And the form pack, one of them said, been up a long time. Sometimes you just got to think of things to say about horses. And he said, if, if I have to hear that this horse has been up for a long time again, I'll Jump off of the West Gate. I thought that was hyperbole. <laughs> but um, so he's gone with that. But it's the third person stuff that Sean comes to the supper for. Because if you start third personing yourself, you know the units are going to hang it around. It's he units says, Hall of Fame oh, territory. Yeah. 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 He, he says, if Sean thinks he can win all the time. No, no. Someone said, Sean thinks he can win all the time. Well, Sean does because this horse goes good. So he's third person himself. Yeah, I like that. And he comes to the supper. Yeah, and just absolutely. one more. I was watching my favourite show on television the other day, 7 o'clock, Channel 9i, A Current Affair. Martin King, fantastic reporter. He was out at the track on Cup Day. The ladies love Martin. He's a silver fox Martin. They're all over him at Flemington. But he did a story with the king, Noel Callow. Mm. And... It was a story about how Noel, when he got suspended, um, retrospectively for betting activity about a decade prior, he got three months, um, he started driving Ubers as his second job. So now what he does, every now and then, yeah, so he drives Ubers, but he's back riding now and he's in demand and he's based on the Gold Coast. But whenever he makes the trip to ride at Doombin on a Wednesday, he does the the double threat. So he picks up... Someone in an in his Uber that's going to Brisbane drops them off, rides winners, and then waits around and picks up someone that's going from the Brisbane from Brisbane to the Gold Coast on his way home. So he gets two fares and he rides winners at Doombin all in one day. How's that? He gets four stars on the way to the track <laughs> and hopefully five at the track. Yeah. That's a that is the definition of two birds, one stone by the king. How bloody good is that? That goal regulation size are one! Oh, you will listen to every damn word I have to say! I see no finger paintings you bring home and they suck! I'll come! It's packing ags time. And, well, there's a few things, I guess, to get off our chest across the week. Uh, I'm, I'm still sort of just keeping things vented up and, and inside at the moment. I, I think I'm going to have a real packing ags session at the end mm. of the carnival salts. I just want to... Don't let this negative energy affect where I'm at it because today's been a good day. I'm just going to keep with the flow. So over to you. What do you got? Well, if therapy has taught me anything, it is to bottle everything up and just bottle it up and bottle it up and then just let it completely rip all at once in one gigantic meltdown. Unfortunately for me, that bottling up and melting down cycle is every two and a half days. But anyway, Bjorn Baker, he could have come to the supper because – He's a good dude. He's and a he character. Looked, he, yeah, he's a character. He likes to have a party. But, um, you know, when he said no one at racing.com found osmosis, sack them all, I thought, well, it's all good to have a laugh, mate. But, like, 
Oh, I've got to eat, so I'd, I'd prefer to not get sacked. So if you cannot say that, um, you know, everyone on the channel can get sacked live on air, it would be great. And also, Bjorn, if I tipped it, it wouldn't have been 21 bucks. It would have been 5 bucks. so you wouldn't have got the price. <laughs> and, be, and not that I'm a, <laughs> not that I'm on the bloody tax, getting taxed at .com or on the payroll or anything, mm. but I made it my best in the Roman console, mate. <laughs> not, I didn't want to butter up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> did it go great. Jeez, it's you forgive one. Yeah, yeah, one no, you've got to, you've got to no. forgive him. Hey, um, um, yeah, oh, yeah. go on. No, no yeah. I'm I'm just I've got one to get off my chest oh, this okay. way. And you yeah. you know, I'm sort of close to the track, but also close to a train station. And I know they're replacing they're doing the level crossings in Victoria and whatnot, but there's there's one that my record over probably nine years living in this suburb near this station is I've been triple trained on a handful of occasions where you're at the boom gates and you're just there for five to 10 minutes mm-hmm. on cup day. I was in an Uber on the way to the track. Guess how many times I got trained salts. Well, the way you've said it, it's got to be more than three, five, maybe I've got, I've been six trained. That is six for 15 minutes at a boom gate, six trained. It's not up to it. Replace it. My anxiety. Um, just would have been through the roof. I hate sitting in the one spot in oh, a car. It's horrific. Suit jacket, 20, 25 my mate degrees. Would, my mate Baz would have got out and just stepped in front of one of them. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> coping. After 12 minutes. I wasn't coping well. <laughs> I was with Gia, who's a real hothead too. So it was yeah, it was yeah. a bad start to the day. Oh, Didn't get well, much trains better. can get stuff. Well, Dan Andrews thinks he's Napoleon for removing <laughs> level crossings. How about not spending a billion bucks on East West Link and not putting one bit of tarmac <laughs> down, you dickhead? Yeah. I, I thought the level crossings might have struck. <laughs> hey, uh, just just quickly, people that talk about racing, well, haha, in your face, we win, you lose, because racing is just as strong as ever. The crowds have been fantastic. The racing's been fantastic. Everything that Racing Victoria is doing, working with the RSPCA, racing's never been in a stronger position. So go and get stuffed. You lose. Sucked in. When they're galloping to the gates, there's only one place to bet. Top Sport, the home of horse racing. Whether you're a sprinter or a stayer or just a fashion-conscious player, go the distance with bigger bet limits and top odds on every race, every time. Download the app for a faster, easier betting experience. Top Sport, feel the excitement. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Salt Specs time, and as always, Top Sport proudly present this segment, and we love them. They've been great to us. And, mate, Flemington, we've got one at Rose Hill uh, to look at as well. But Rail is the TBA sort of position at the moment. Obviously, today they'll, probably, they'll make a decision on that, I'd imagine, tonight. Yeah, um, I haven't quite got my hands on um, what position it's going to be on Saturday, but I could imagine they'd move it out a little bit from the five metres it was. On Thursday, it's going to be a good four or a three, um, you know, sunny conditions. The thing for this Saturday is there's a quite a decent south-southwesterly forecast, and that is the same conditions we saw on Derby Day where it was very difficult to make ground in circle races. The straight races, excuse me, the straight races, they'll they'll be outside fence. We already saw it on Oaks Day. Saltaire was just wrong part of the track beaten by... Um, Mumbai. Mumbai. Muse. Muse, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and that was just position on the track. So I reckon they'll get to the outside fence, 
in the straight races, but circle races, you might want to be up there. Yeah, it's it's a good call. It, even the fence, just the rail looked completely off today. You wanted to be fighting to the to the middle of the track as the day went on. Yeah, I thought. and just, and because of that, they will move it out a bit as well. Yeah, yeah, um, mate. Let's start off in in race one. I've got, I've got some value for us early in the card. Death taxes and hopefully the units finding a winner in the first. It's benchmark 90 over the mile. I'm starting with number eight, Typhoon Harmony here, just a small each way play. 26 bucks, five bucks, top sport. Um, through the right, same race as Von Hawk, who's a $4 favorite in this race. And I just cannot have the price discrepancy here. Uh, he was 28 days between runs last start, just a touch soft late. Gets two and a half kilos off Von Hawk from that run. Uh, this is a race completely void of speed. I think Jai McNeil will push forward here, uh, be a key speed influence, drop six kilos off that run in total, close to peak fitness. Um, in an open race, each way at a big price. A good play for me, mate, in race number one. Yeah, when I looked at that race, so doing a speed map is always my starting point. Um, so I've done my speed map and I've seen that he's third up, space runs, gets weight relief, six and a half kilos from last start. And I thought, geez, I've got to look into this guy. Mm-hmm. But then I watched the replay um, and Von Hawk, he had a tough run and he just left him for dead as well. He had a, he had a soft run, Typhoon Harmony. Von Hawk, interesting that we're a couple days out, you know, Thursday evening ahead of Saturday races, they still don't have a jockey booked. Yeah, I, I've, you I wouldn't asking. mind. You wouldn't mind to know who's riding a horse when it's a four dollar favorite in race one on the biggest race day of the whole year in Victoria. I know. I was asking Tom Haylock today, who obviously does work for the stable, if he was trying to make weight of fifty four kilos to get on and ride for Cliff Brown. <laughs> I didn't. I was unsure because, yeah, you're spot on. It's very rare to see that. Yeah, well, on that note, let's move to the next race. <laughs> race two. It's the listed, and I like the name of this. The listed always welcome. Stakes. It's just a welcoming sort of title. I like yeah. it. It's over twelve hundred meters, and you are playing around the uh, mare for Godolphin that uh, ran up in the invitation last start in Paracel, looking for a bit of value. Yeah, I am. I'm just conscious of these Godolphin mares deeper into their preparations, mm. and, and I think there's some good value to be had. And and one of those is Vespertine, 26 bucks, who, who won this race last year as well. So this race was run on Cup Day last year, and she had a was really... It, was it the last race on the program when the yes, rain came down the outside? Yep. Yeah, yep. And she had a really similar setup in terms of how she profiled heading into this race. So um, she's second up, and this time in, she was first up in the Alingi Stakes at Caulfield. That's 1,100 metres. Drew wide. Mickey D had to take his medicine and go back. She did finish ninth of 10, but she got real warm late, ran the second fastest last 200 of the race. She always takes massive improvements second up to 1,200 metres and likes the straight. I think she's a really big price. And then I'm just going to have uh, another um, bet on It's Our Time at around 5.50, making both both a nice result. He's so consistent down the straight. Nine starts, two wins, four seconds. Uh, he's through the rising fast when Najim Sahail set up that ridiculous tempo. And geez, didn't Najim Sahail run well today under a nice yeah, steer well, by Quinella, Well, he was third and, and you know, Spacewalk second too. So already formed through the race on that backup. Yep. Um, got home um, second fastest last 200 of the meeting out of that race. Draws 11. We spoke about the track at the top. He's going to be in the right part of the track. He's a proven straight track performer. Don't want to make him a loser. So they're the two, mate, that I'm uh, getting underway with in race two. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you somewhat with Paracel. Um, I got her on top, but it was one of those ones where I couldn't find the horse. I couldn't find one that I really wanted to back 
to beat her. Mm. So she just lobbed on top because back to 1,200 is key. But those points you make about being deeper into the preparation, um, they're enough to keep me out as well. Mm, I've just given you two reasons and two horses to back. So <laughs> get around me, get yeah. around the units. <laughs> oh, I've got a spare couple of bucks for me. <laughs> oh, I'm out of a job. You won't sack me. <laughs> oh, I do now after foot dozy. But before that, she was no chance. Hey, you're going again as well with a bit of value in the fourth. It's the Group 3 Queen Elizabeth Stakes, a quality over 2,600 metres. And this can be a good lead for a year's time because the winner of this race last year was, of course, Sulcum, fresh yeah, off the plane. It was. And I don't think I'm siding with a Sulcum here at all, Salty, nah, nah, at nah. all. But I, but I am siding with one who I thought was very good last start of the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. And I speak of so dazzling uh, for John Sargent, Dean Yendel, rides i just love the way that she finished off in that race she was pinned on the fence blocked for runs at the 400 once she was clear just savaged the line um overall fastest last 600 meters of the race drawn out 11 this time so we'll find that best part of the track and be and be hitting the line very hard i, I think again you look at 11 bucks top sport the first three races, I'm not. There's not a huge outlay here. Just mm. specking a few at a price, and and I think we can we can hit one. So so dazzling for me in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Yeah, mate. her starting price profile sucks, but her best two runs. She's only been beyond for a, a mare that like looks a stayer. I know mm. she's like the race. She's only been beyond the 2400 meters twice. 1.8 off them second in a Group One ATC Oaks on a soft track, and then no luck in the Mooney Valley Cup and. Um, you know, we are kicking up four horses out of that to run well in the Melbourne Cup. So easy to see how, how you can find her base on that run. Mm. Mate, let's go to race five. It's it's the Matriarch Stakes. It's for the group two it's group two for the mayors, set weights and penalties. This could have been a this could have been a really interesting race if one of a few that we'll talk about later went here. But now it's a really open edition of the race, missing that like top tier group mm. one horse that could have um perhaps ran around here and um, got a really nice result. Uh, but what we got is you, you're siding with one here, mate, who's she's been one of ours a lot throughout mm. this preparation. I don't know if we've landed if how we've gone with her, but I certainly haven't gone great. And I speak of deny knowledge for Mick Kent. Yeah, I think I had point one of a unit on her in the might and power, and um, she chucked in reverse at the six hundred. But she, she went, went she went eighty five lengths yeah. faster than the class and, average. And then um, back to sixteen hundred meters. Last Saturday in the Empire Rose, she led them. She, you know, led up the chasing brigade and still ran a really fast tempo herself behind Pride of Jenny. Terrific ride up front on her. But what I did like about Deny Knowledge in the Empire Rose that once she was headed, she kept fighting. So that dropped back to sixteen hundred meters from two thousand meters. I think that gets her revved right up and and going to peak on the backup and from. A mare that can overdo it. I like seven days for her. If Soul Choice wants to go forward, then go for it. And, and Jamie can sit off that horse. Otherwise, she, she goes forward. But either way, she's either leading or sitting outside the leader in a race that is littered with get-back horses with actually no ability to be on speed should they try and, and even get within four or five lengths of Soul Choice and, and deny knowledge. So on that backup, I, I like her. I, I thought the New Zealand... Mayor Pearl of Alsace um, perhaps went up a little under the odds. The fact mm. that she's coming through Group 1 last start, James McDonald on, but we've got to read through some of that form from her Group 1 Ladies man. last start. Yeah, ladies mm. man um, 
not not flash platinum invader um was didn't measure up in the archer um she beat her mustang valley that horse was a, a race shape against but a little bit plain in the crystal mile so yeah i want to side with our form here i'm, I'm having something on deny knowledge for yeah. jamie and mick I, I agree with you around pearl of alsace i was keen to to take her on just with deny knowledge quickly i know you mentioned like mm. what could happen what how do you think she's best ridden like because you know i was with her well you were with her as you said in the might and power i ended up jumping with her in the stat stakes i think it was and she ended up taking a sit behind the likes of amelia's yeah. jewel when yep. i was banking on it being a monorail so mm. what how is she best ridden forward forward and letting stride um but you know obviously she overdid it in the might and power so you know, ha- having a senior jockey on like Jamie Carr, I think really helps too. Just to, you want to bowl her along, but you don't want it to be stupid. Um, mm. And with that suddenly at, at her back, um, if she moderates it well enough and, and keeps her running without doing too much, she can mm. hold on. Yeah, good to see Jamie back in the winner's cell too. Hey, I'm really like Thalassophile in this race, who is through the Tessio that Wishlaw Lass run, uh, won on. Cox Plate Day. She, she was blocked for a run near the 400 and stopped the momentum. She had to shift course, come back to the rail, was able to pick up again really strong through the line, ran second just ahead of Osmos, uh, who also lobs here and is in the market, but but gets a nice three kilo weight swing on Osmos on Saturday and drawn out again. We speak of uh, predicted track pattern. McAvoy goes on. I, I mean, James McDonald hopping off and getting on the New Zealand horse often you go, geez, is that a, is that a query? Yeah, and I, I'm not reading too much into that. I, I'd mm. imagine that's probably a set play and the matriarch's probably been a plan for a long time for that horse to mm. come to. So uh, I think it's the last file, 750 on top sports, a really good play. Salts is with deny knowledge, five bucks. Mate, let's get to race number six now, which is the champion sprint, group one weight for age 1,200 metres. This is the race I've been looking forward to most from, through the whole carnival um, how are you seeing, seeing it unfold? Yeah, fascinating race. I love that they sent Asfura here. Now 1,200 metres is the query for her, but she's in terrific form. Uh, she sprinted so hard off that even tempo at Caulfield last start. So, you know, she's won down the straight before. So she can run well. Bella Nipotina on the backup. I love that. Her win last week visually was just quite ridiculous. And, mm-hmm. and she's beaten two horses through the Everest as well. So... Um, she probably needs to go to another level again to beat the the two real informed mares, but Espiona um, through the Everest, so a good race. But let's start with Imperatrice, and the fact we're getting two dollars for her, it just opens it up for me for really one of the simplest um, back and save plays on paper you can almost see. So you could get five bucks at one stage for In Secret, and and even money for Imperatrice. So you have your unit on in secret, you have your unit on imperatories. If in, in secret lobs, you get two bucks fifty. And I'm struggling to see anything outside of those two winning. Now, what Imperatrice is doing this preparation is ludicrous. She's the best sprinter in the world on times and figures. Her last six hundreds are ridiculous. She led last start and still ran time and it was soft. So it's the the little query on her. Horses like her usually suit straight track racing because they just balance up, switch legs, go back. And, and that might be the case. She just might be too well, good for them. Well, but. before before she came before she came to the valley for this preparation, 
I, I would have thought, like I was thinking she's going to eat up the straight and she's a straight track mm. horse. But now I'm sitting in the other camp going, she's that good around Mooney Valley that the straights are negative. That's how I'm processing it in my head. Yeah. Well, she's won four of her last four. They've all been at Mooney Valley, seven from her last eight. The only miss was when she was up on speed in the Canterbury Stakes when she was beaten by Artorias. And that Mm. That was at Ramwick, a big track. She was She's good that day. Two, she was my two units best. Yeah, <laughs> her only miss on a big track. Yeah. So, yep. look, I, I think she's the most likely winner. I, I can save on her. I'll have my $50 on her. But what in secret's doing this preparation without winning is also tremendous. She was the run of the race in the Everest by far, fastest closing sectionals of the day, off four weeks, trial between runs. That's exactly what they did when she was <clears throat> back in distance when she went from the Golden Rose and, and won the Coolmore. And her two clear peak figures in her career are the straight six at Flemington. So mm. horses for courses. If one of these two don't win, I'll be losing and I'll, I'll be quite surprised. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I'm two out in the quaddy 100%. But it's a race that we I reckon we spoke about with similar confident salts last year. Yeah. around nature strip and rock and horse pulled our pants down. So yeah. you, when you do get confident about things like these, racing just has a funny way of humiliating you. Yes, um, it does. In, in saying that, I'm two out in secret imperatives mm. and I'm having, I've got in secret on top. I, I, she was crueled by the barrier in the Everest. Um, she's just a straight track beast, um, has been kept fresh for this since the Everest and all the peak figures. Well, they've just come down, as you said, the straight six, J-Mac on. Uh, I'm going to have my $100 pissing contest play on in secret as well mate i'm, I'm really keen uh, let's head to race number seven now which is the group one champions mile weight for age 1600 meters uh, alligator blood won the race last year obviously dropping um you know these runners dropping back from 2000 uh back to the mile is really intriguing and the bit of or i guess we could call it the fly in the ointment here is pride of jenny engaged on the seven day backup after what she was able to do to them in the group one empire rose with really bold tactics employed by declan bates uh she went 13 lengths faster than the group one average to the 600 there so how does that map affect this race on saturday it will uh- it brings in Fangirl and Alligator Blood into the race because if it was a, a just a dash home and, and Alligator Blood was the only leader, well, have a look what happened um, a couple back when they clashed over 1,600 metres at Flemington. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it turned into a dash home and, and Craig Williams didn't pull the persuader on Mr. Brightside. He, he clearly just showed that he could out-sprint Alligator Blood if they didn't go hard. But now Alligator Blood gets that sort of stalking role on pride of Jenny and, and he ticked the box. He can run out a strong 2000 meters. So if she goes fast here, he can be strong at the end of the mile. And then also fangirl doesn't really have an option in the small field from barrier seven, other than to go back or, or be a couple pairs back. Um, so that tempo being there really helps her too, because mm-hmm. she's going to get back and, and run on. Um, look, I found it a really hard race. I, I thought fangirl, was unlucky, but perhaps a little bit flattered visually, just did no work in the Cox Plate, trucked up. She was devastating a couple back in that King Charles, but we saw that Mr. Brightside didn't handle the good three, and then he turned the tables on her in the Cox Plate. Mr. Brightside was also 4-0 and against Alligator Blood for their last four clashes too. So I lent the way of Mr. Brightside, but they're really not going to shock me if, if either of those three win. I've got no real conviction in the race. 
Mm. I'm with Fangirl. I'm in her corner. And I can't believe she's only ever had one start at Flemington when I was doing that form. And it was in that Carbine Club Stakes a couple years ago. Mm. And she was devastating. She's she's the sort of horse, especially like good four, better side of a good four at Flemington. She's built for this racetrack. Mm. Uh, I think she's going to let let rip off a pretty hot speed. Um, so I'm pretty keen with her. Um, and, yeah, I, I think being a small field, she's going to be in touch with them. Um, won't want to go like 14, 15 lengths fast in the group one average. Might stretch them out a bit too far and that might mm. set up a little bit more for alligator blood. Yeah, the I think with that, Yeah, I think with that tempo, I, I think the one that it doesn't set up for the most, given the track conditions too, is Brightside. He'd be my seed three out of those. But Fangirl on top for me, I'll have $100 on her in the pissing contest too. How come, the, how come you feel the tempo is no good for him in a fast Cox Plate he beat them? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going more track conditions wise as well. Like we saw what Fangirl was able to do to him in the King Charles, and if it sets up similar, I reckon she she's going to give him windburn at a track that's going to suit. So yeah. I've got her ahead of him over the mile based off that one two back in the King Charles, and then I've got Alligator Blood. Some I know the head to head stats with Mister Brightside, but I've got Alligator Blood. Looking at how he set up for him, I know it was two thousand meters, but that might and power race when Deny Knowledge set up a ridiculous tempo, he just eats it up and sits off it and goes, thanks very much. And mm. even in the Cox Plate, he was the winner all over the shop to the last 50. So back to the mile suits him off fast tempo. Uh, are you having a bet? Pissing contest? No. Nah, 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 shouldering nah. arms? Yeah. Uh, race number eight, it is the Group 1 champion stakes. Wait for age, 2,000 metres. Zaki won the race, what, last two years, I think? Two um, years, yep. So it's been it's the champion Zaki Stakes at the moment, Salty. Mm. Uh, it's a cracking addition this year. We got several runners that I mentioned that could have picked perhaps easier options in a, in the mayor's race, but they're all camps showing really good intent that they're going well enough to lob here. I speak of the likes of Prowess um, there. Uh, mate, you're pretty keen on one at a little bit of value and it might be the three-peat potential. Yeah, I'm really keen on Zaki. Um, and he's you know, been yeah, he's been backed. I, I backed him each way. I feel like if he misses the place, then that I'm doing something wrong. Because back to Flemington, he's got a terrific record here. So as you mentioned, he's won the last two editions of this race, but he's had four starts here for three wins and a first. But so his his preparation this time in. So he's only just beaten by Fangirl first up fourteen hundred meters. Good form. He beat her second up at the mile. And then he goes, so she comes out of that and tortures Mr. Brightside. Then he goes six weeks off and sits outside the leader on a day where there was a strong northerly in the Cox Plate in a fast run race for Group 1 standards and just knocked up late. So he has to have fitness improvement from that run. And the key for me is the map because... There's just nothing inside him that can lead. He roll. Jamie takes her time to roll across from the front. And if you look at the style in which he's won this race the last couple of years, it's been sit sprints. He's not one that goes to the forward and tries goes to the front and tries to bully things. He just sets up his own cruisy tempo, often well slower than, than group one standard, and then kicks off that, and he's hard to catch. So with that wind at his back, if he sits up and then, goes for home at the 600, he's going to be hard to catch. And, you know, when West Wind blows, it was 
documented he was going to be coming to this race after the Caulfield Cup, I thought, well, this thing's an absolute moral because, and and even since it's been franked with without a fight, um, winning the Melbourne Cup, of course. But I wonder if people saying, oh, you know, he's going to sit closer from that draw. Are you more hopeful than um, predicting that's what's going to happen? Because he's actually been slow away in his last two, and being slow away actually helped him in the Caulfield Cup. But if he's slow away and he and he loses touch even by three or four lengths with Zaki, he's going to be hard to run down Zaki. I'm, I'm keen he at least places, but I'm keen he wins. That's a good point. I like the point around the barrier manners in particular mm-hmm. for West Wimbrose. Where does he get to in the run? Um, just on face value, everything, everything being even and playing out how, you know, they would want their mount to play out. It's so hard to put any real, like it's hard to be a, a, a um, against West Wind blows given mm. the frankage out of that Caulfield Cup. Like it's and his strong, single run was outstanding. Yeah, hundred percent mm. punch in the breeze. It, it's such a good form line. In saying that, I'm not with the favourite either. Yeah. I'm with, and <laughs> like just again. one more thing on West Wind blows. So he now goes from two really fast races to a slow race. So how do we see him handle a slow race? As yep. well, just another question mark. Well, this that the tempo around this is why I'm against I'm against him, and I'm siding with Prowess, and I think she's got just the most upside here. She's loved the intent from the camp to go here. I thought they could have picked the easy kill. She was on a Cox Plate path before a setback, and I thought think would have been competitive in a Cox Plate. Um, I didn't have her being as good as she was first up in Australia, second up for her campaign in that crystal mile on Cox Plate Day at the Valley. She's only going to take enormous improvement out of that run. Dual group one winner at 2,000 metres. Um, I think with Mark Zara on board, she's going to be mighty hard to beat and going to stamp herself as a, as a genuine genuine weight for age star on the weekend. I'm, she's I'm a good tracker, keen. proper good tracker as well, yeah. Mm. Um, mate, we're going to head to – oh, hang on a sec. Pissing one con- more, pissing, one more. Oh, pissing yeah. contest plays. Then the last at Flem. Yeah, yeah, got to get there. Pissing yeah. contest plays. Uh, 50 each way, Zaki. Yeah, nice. I just may, may as well keep keeping it simple. $100 prowess. Um, dropping bombs everywhere. We will head to race number nine now on the card. There's a nine race card. This looks a really open affair, mate. It's a benchmark 80, over 1,100 metres down the straight and you've got a bit of a Tommy here for us and some value to to punch out in on the last day of the carnival. Yeah, I do. There's a horse that I like that I'm not backing, Ray Magnerio, who's around $4-odd favourite. Uh, I just feel he's drawn the wrong part of the track. Good horse. If he drew outside, I'd probably back him. But I want to back one horse that's going to draw right to the outside and that's a Nilla. So he's a big price. He beat Buse here two back. Now, Buse is half his price. And now he meets Buse two kilos better off of the weights. Go figure. I know Buse run a really good form race at Seymour, which I'll get to shortly since. But Anilla also went to South Australia, was held up, started back the inside, ran the fastest last 200 metres of the meet. And the won the race. From, he was the thriller from Manila yeah, that day the, for us. He's the thriller from Manila. <laughs> yeah. And he's ran well at Fleming's in the past. So... He's going to get to that outside fence. And the SA form is it's the wrong up. price. Yeah, the isn't SA it? Yeah, form's stacking up everywhere. This what about week? the Chieftain Wigan with the blinkers on? I oh, know, ridiculous. Send Barber back to give Barber a haircut. Seriously. Um, yeah, and there's another one that's drawn in the middle. Um, she gets back for Mitch Aiken and, and Henry Dwyer, but Prairie Flower. Um, 
she had her first run for the new stable after contesting and, and running well in some stakes races um, in the Adelaide Autumn Carnival period. So she comes through that same race at Seymour. So Buse run won that race at Seymour, um, and Ray Magnerio was wide without cover in that race. He then subsequently went to sail Razor and, and nearly broke the, the track record. So there's been good form through the race. Along the river comes through that race, who's also here at Flemington, had favours next up at Mooney Valley, but won. So for a benchmark 70 at Seymour, the form is stacking up everywhere. And Prairie Flower meets most of those, at least Buse as well, two kilos better off. And, and she had to dart back towards the inside, which was inferior on the day and ran some of the fastest closing sectionals of the meet. So I'm, I'll be having something on um, the two, the Thriller for Manila and mm. the 12 Prairie Flower. Well, the 12 Prairie Flowers at 23 bucks mm. and the Anila from Manila. <laughs> the absolute Anila. He's an absolute Anila folder. <laughs> He's a Manila folder. He's 14 bucks on top sport. So nice uh, little bit of value to round out the card at Flemington on Champions Day. So it's just one at Rose Hill that I, I want to be within race number six quickly. It's the uh, group two hot Danish stakes um, for the Phillies and Mares 1400 metres. I'm with. Yeah, I can see. You. I can see this hamster in your head ticking. What gag you got for us, brother? That's one of my favourite sex positions. The hot Danish <laughs> <laughs> it involves a, a sticky date pudding and a microwave. <laughs> oh, <you're> sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I've just had about seven hot Danishes, the actual food. Oh, so, on seven of them in one joke. night, mate. You'd be limping. <laughs> oh, what have you got for me? Yeah. Oh, what about the name of the horse you're going to back to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love this. This is, uh, and it's number two, Roots. Um, <laughs> look, bro, uh, up. Trying to bloody yeah, give sorry, out. Sorry, mate. Trying to Sorry, shed mate. some get back into RSN mode and give tr- us the give trying us the to goals. shed some information here on that <laughs> Chris Waller runner and Tommy Berry combines and it is roots and um, she bypassed the I think it was the English bracelet at Flemington today to choose mm. this over over that particular race and look I really like her here third up so. Her run first up in the Allen Brown was excellent. Closed off fastest last 400 metres of the race. Then last start, she was in the $2 million invitation. She was just okay from the back. Um, but what I like is she profiles as a horse that races her best third up. So even in the autumn, her second up run was a little bit flat. Then she ran a career peak figure third up in one, the group two emancipation. So, um, and she beat a tissue that day. Um, and what I like here as well is blinkers go on first time. So I think Roots is a really good bet. Three bucks forty in the Salty's Hot Danish Stakes <laughs> in race six at Rose Hill. <laughs> Get that into your listeners. Unit. Met a met. Met Tim by two on Saturday night. Big fans of the show. They're two Tims down from Queensland. And Tim by two. I was calling them Tim Buck two. And <laughs> they, they're keen to get on board as the units. And I was like, boys, let's let's get them in this week. And uh, they're, they're combining. They reckon they're going to go on a tear together and raise funds for themselves to get back home to Queensland and also raise funds for, for Racing Hearts. And this is what they like this week, Salty. G'day boys, one half of Tim Squared here, 
Playing it pretty, uh, pretty short and simple this week. Heading to HQ in the big one for my best bet. Uh, race eight, number nine, Jewess. Pretty keen to be with this mare after uh, after a Cox Plate effort. I reckon she was travelling absolutely deluxe and just got no luck. So uh, I think she's in, uh, a mare in pretty good form. Pretty keen to follow that. Uh, get the chockies on and take footy out to a rooftop bar up in in Brisbane sometime soon. So. Uh, Fingers crossed for that, and we'll see you next week. Just another flavour into that race, just siding with Juice the boys. I know. Tim Squared, Tim by two. So uh, that's what they like, and good luck to them. Um, Hopefully for them, they're back next week, but I'm against you boys. Uh, um, Two units time, Salts. In a a week that was hard to find a best bet, um, I think my best result... I've already given all my bets for this show, Salt. So I think my best result will be Thalassophile this week, but my biggest outlay will actually be Prowess. So that's how I'm playing the week. There's not too much between that if you do the maths units-wise. So I'm playing a pretty straight bat. What about yourself, mate? Yeah, same with me. I'm sticking in the same race, so we're going head-to-head. Um, oh, I, I'm with Zaki in the, the champion stakes. He's my best bet of the weekend super keen he, he places but quite keen he wins um i'll be backing him both ways head to head best bets that's that's, how the that's boys, a re- that is a rarity that is how the boys roll that's how champions roll that that'll be in the, they look each other in the eye that'll be in the data watch you absolutely squib it too when i come home on the champions day with prowess <laughs> one of us will be crying hey uh <laughs> it is champions day so it's only fitting that we have champion the great track from from the spoon we've been waiting for this several weeks i reckon you suggested this track to me a month ago and i went yeah four champions yeah (laughs) i've only gotten a fight once watching grinspoon at festival hall because they weren't playing champion and me and one of my mates just kept saying champion over and over and this guy turned around he's like you guys shut up I was like, you want to go? Yeah, they would have on. Then I pushed with my it. mate in front of me. <laughs> That's a long time waiting for that track because they would have come back out to play that track. So, uh, good work, um, mate. All the best on the weekend. Listeners, have a strong finish to the carnival. Get gutsy. I'm going to hop off the canvas and give us something. I hope Salts does too. Uh, and we'll be back in your ears next week for wherever we're racing. Caulfield, mate, Group 1's again. Here we oh, go. It's the, yeah, the reshuffle. Yeah. It's the and Guineas. You beauty, nah, Rupert Clark. Right. Giddy up. We'll be back again. Have a great weekend.